Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Tim Calise, a serial entrepreneur, husband, father, and avid Formula One fan. He is also a business strategist, investor, and advisor to over 15 privately held businesses with annual revenues from $250,000 to $10 million plus. Spending the last 10 years as a founder, consultant, and director of business and software development, Tim collaborates with multiple eight-figure CEOs and navigating companies and teams through challenging business issues. Centered around a core value proposition, Tim helps companies avoid making six to eight-figure mistakes, solving unpleasant problems with exciting solutions. It's going to be an excellent discussion today. Tim, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, to the discussion. Yeah. So, you know, in that introduction, I I, I really should count. There were too many commas in there, right? <laughs> Fair out enough. Of those, out of all those accomplishments that you have done, tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. I really appreciate the intro, Jeff. So, uh, what my name is Tim Kalise. Uh, I started my career, and I've I've kind of ebbed and flowed through a number of different industries. Uh, I started in the investment business, so I raised over $300 million uh, for a uh, long short equity hedge fund uh, before the age of 25, then spent about 10 years in technology and services, and then most recently, uh, I spent a number of years uh, at Gym Launch as the director of VP of uh, business development there, Uh, and there we built a business consultancy for uh, fitness facilities around the world. We also had a supplement line and uh, a software product that we built. And so I've taken kind of all of that experience, including founding a number of companies of my own, and now kind of packaging all the best of the best of what I've learned through the last 20 years and helping companies on the lower end, either who are just getting started or who have stalled or feel like something's missing uh, to help them uh, grow in their own journey. So uh, kind of taking all this experience and, and kind of bringing it to the next uh, next crop of, uh, of business owners and, and entrepreneurs. You know, I love that because basically what you're doing is that you're, you know, you're coming in and you're helping reform, you're helping reform companies to, you know, implement the best practices, what works, what to get rid of, things like that. What would you say are some of the challenges when you come into a new company fresh, they bring you in, you take a look around. I mean, we've all seen shows like Shark Tank and uh, The Prophet with Marcus Limonis, where he just shakes his damn head and is like, oh my God, I got to fix this, right? I would assume it's very similar in your case. Uh, how do you help companies go in? Like, what would you say is the is the biggest is the biggest problem that you see and what you're able to help them alleviate? 
Yeah, I, the thing that I see the most, and, and as you alluded to in, in the intro, I actually look at what can we remove? What can we stop doing? Uh, and so kind of mistakes come in two forms. There are the ones that we make knowingly, and there are the ones that we make unknowingly. So those of omission and those of commission, I, I believe uh, that was uh, Warren Buffett or uh, Charlie Munger said something along those lines uh, in an interview. So I come in and I'm looking at how can we build a solid base on which we can build. And that typically revolves around actually stopping doing a lot of the things that are kind of acting as breaks to progress, providing clarity, because especially in a team, you know, if all the rowers aren't, uh, aren't moving in the same direction, it's going to be really hard to grow. So I think one of the misconceptions early on is you have to do more and you have to be doing more. And in most cases, we actually have to pull back, kind of retreat to a position of strength and then build with uh, clarity and continuity. And so that's the, that's the, usually the first thing we do is just to try to kind of build that base. You know, what's interesting is that I see a lot of, a lot of business consultants that basically what, like some of the first things that they ask people to do is to simplify. And that's basically what you're saying here, right? Is yep. you go in, it's like, if you're, if you're trying to support 10 prime products within your business or prime services, you know, you're probably not going to be great at all 10. And you know, when you do something like that, you're really shooting yourself in the foot and inhibiting growth, right? So yeah, absolutely. how do you get people, you know, Russell Brunson, I think says this, uh, says this the best. I'm not sure if he originated or not, but it's kill your babies, right? Mm-hmm. You need to go in and kill, you know, whatever, you know, even if you have a strong attachment to it, you need to kill the thing that you are not exceptional at, right? Yep. And how do you help people understand that, hey, you know something? This baby needs to go. This thing needs to yeah. get out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, Jeff, you, you, you pointed out something really interesting. Uh, and I kind of see this in two ways. So the first is a number of business owners and entrepreneurs start with a kind of what they believe uh, to be kind of the singular product that they want to bring to market. But in reality, what you're doing, every time we bring something to market, we're actually solving a problem for the buyer. And so most of the companies I work with are in the services industry. And so uh, a good example of that would be, uh, I I have a client who uh, owns a yoga studio and she kept saying, you know, there's a bunch of different competitors in the market, you know, it's tough to kind of stand out uh, and I can't increase my prices. Uh, And so I really am am having a tough go of it. Uh, And I said, you know, the thing that we have to kind of kill in this scenario is your perception or positioning in the market. And through kind of a process that I've built, we got to the thing that she was actually doing was creating a space and an environment for women who are under the, you know, between 35 and 50, who want to lead a life of intention. So we took a business that was kind of generalist uh, and somewhat of a commodity in the market. And we got very, very specific about who we were talking to and the value proposition. So that's the first. And the second that I see, and this is also a misconception, is if you are providing a service, you don't have to be the one to actually produce each piece of the product. So you can be exceptional in one piece and then go find partners. We'll look for, for joint ventures or partnerships in other areas. But the sum of the parts is that we're solving a problem in its totality even if we have to, you know, kind of stop doing some things in-house, we can typically go find a partner uh, or another source to be able to provide that. And it, it provides operational uh, 
uh, breathing room, if you will, but it also that, that clarity of focus. You know, I love that example that you give because, you know, like if you're going to go and create a commodity, right? So a commodity in this case is the yoga studio. There's 10 of them in the suburb that I live in, right? And, uh, you know, if you're just going to put out your shingle and say, I am yet another yoga studio, then you're right. You're not you're not doing anything unique and you are swimming in such a red ocean that, you know, your initial impression is to just slash prices at any cost to get people in. But slashing prices doesn't, it doesn't do anybody any good. You have to reduce the amount of services in order to make your, in order to make your business function. You're probably going to have to sacrifice quality in order to do that. And you're right. When you, you know, when you pivot the whole, the whole value prop of what it is that you're doing, then people can actually latch onto it, right? You know, they can latch on. And once you're providing something unique, you can, you can charge whatever you want. You can charge double, triple what the guy down the street is doing because you are now not competing with them, right? Even though it says yoga studio on your store and yoga studio on the other, you know, you are not competing with them anymore because you have now a unique product, right? So- So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about coming up with that. Um, I'm sure you've seen, you know, hundreds of examples, you know, where you get, you know, especially in the gym space. I, um, my daughter who's 17, she recently, uh, came over to me and said, you know, dad, I want to start going to the gym. Right. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, wait a second. There's a gym right here in the complex that we live in. Why don't you go over there? No, 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 no. They don't have the stuff that I need. I need to go to this gym. So, you know, I followed, uh, you know, gym launch. I've looked at a few of their funnels and how they do it. And, you know, so I was remotely familiar with more or less the, you know, the pattern of, you know, what you guys do with them. Right. And then I walk in there because, you know, I got to sign all the papers and do all that. And (laughs) I I watched very carefully, you know, what they were doing and how they were doing it. Right. And I was actually very, you know, very impressed. You know, it's not just, you know, this heavy sales pitch to get you to you know, to sign on the dotted line into a two-year contract, which incidentally is the last time I got involved with the gym, you know, maybe like 15 years ago. And it was a really crappy experience. Now they get you in, you know, with a, it's a much simpler sign-up process. It's a much simpler, it's a much simpler product that you're getting into. They're not holding you down to a, to a contract. And it makes a lot more sense for the members who are coming in there. When you were working with Gym Launch, for example, what kind of resistance did you get when you would go into a gym and tell people like, Hey guys, you know, we know this part doesn't work. You need to, you need to get rid of it. And then they get pushback, pushback, like, no, I'm no, this is what we do. How can you, how can you make me take away, you know, like the two year contract, how else are we supposed to hold them in? You know, like, yeah. uh, uh, how do you help them understand that? No guys, really you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong uh, playing field here. You need to be over on this side and here's why. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so specifically in the gym space, um, gyms clearly there are uh, uh, lots of options out in just about every uh, community and, and marketplace in the country. So, what we did at Gym Launch uh, was to look at the the gym business model from the gym owner's perspective, and to say what are the, the kind of the foundational pieces which are not working. And there's really kind of, if you look at uh, the five core functions of the business, so there's lead generation, lead nurturing, conversion, so the sales process, fulfillment, and then upsell and retention. So if you look at those, we actually helped people in all five of those. 
uh, and we pioneered and made common the, the six-week challenge. And that served a number of functions, but the reason why we grew very quickly, and for those who aren't familiar with the story, uh, the company grew from about $400,000 in revenue uh, in 2017 to over 50 million in revenue uh, just a few short years later. Uh, and that growth came from kind of a mutually beneficial uh, dynamic that was created. The six-week challenge was priced on average somewhere in the neighborhood of about $600. And the reason why that was important is because for the gym owner, it allowed for more efficient uh, lead generation. It improved the short-term cash flow of the business and therefore allowed the gym owner to reinvest in that relationship to provide a better level of service. For the member, although the price was higher than typical, what it did is it actually, for the first time uh, kind of in mass market, it hit the three key areas that someone actually needs to go through a transformation. So it was very much success-based rather than action-based. So there, there was a movement component, there was a nutrition component, and there was an accountability component. And so we, that $600 ticket was high, but it was high because it worked and the quality of the experience was, was very good and the level of success was astronomical. And so we aligned all those pieces and we were able to get a, a phenomenal outcome for all that were, uh, you know, that were involved. So what you're, what you just described is a winning framework, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a framework that you guys, uh, that you guys hit on and tested and then realized that, Hey, this thing works. Right. Yeah. And then once you like, once you're able to convince people that, you know, Hey, I have a framework this is, uh, you know, this is what it's going to do for you. It's relatively easy, but you need to put in the work. What happened after that? What happens after, you know, they pay the $600, they go through the six week challenge and they start to realize greater profits. What's the next step then? Yeah. So it's, you can think of it almost like layers of a cake. So the first step is kind of the foundational lever layer, which was uh, to create a solid cash flow business so that there can be reinvestment in you know kind of the longevity or the continuity of the of the product uh, and we know that for most people uh, and i think this is true in in a lot of industries you know transformations don't happen in six weeks you know it's it's a marathon not a sprint to use the the old analogy but to show progress early on was a validation of what was possible and so we could break the beliefs of you know this time i'm going to fail again it was like no this time you're actually going to be successful and now you have a support system to help you long-term uh, to actually deliver, you know, deliver upon whatever the, the full goal was. So, you know, folks didn't sign up for six weeks. They signed up for the, the life change that would happen over time. Uh, and we had every bit of that kind of mapped out and optimized uh, because at that time we, we, you know, we worked with thousands of gyms. Uh, so we, we had a lot of experience and, and data to show what actions uh, and, and what order uh, and what level of delivery uh, need, was needed in each type of facility, uh, to, to continue to optimize for that outcome. What kind of, uh, what kind of overlap do you see then with the, by using this framework? Because it seems that you're, you know, that you're excelling in these neighborhood service-based businesses that, um, uh, you know, that percolate around, you know, wh where most people live here in the United States, right? So we already talked about two, we talked about gyms and yoga studios. What yeah. other types of businesses can, can this framework be applied to, or, you know, maybe with a few tweaks here and there, but yeah. are, but they're then able to be like, Oh, okay. 
that's how it works. And this is how I can make it work for me. Yeah. And, and there's a lot kind of in between these two. So we'll put kind of gyms on one side. Uh, I'll give you a simple example. We actually had a client uh, that was a mattress store, somewhat of a commodity product. And what most people perceive and they're right as a kind of a single purchase, you know, maybe once every five to 10 years. But if you think of what that experience is and the service opportunity is, people don't come to buy a mattress. They come because they want to have better sleep. So if you zoom out and say, my role in this is not just to be a kind of a purveyor of the mattress, my job here is to deliver upon the goal of better sleep, which makes you think, well, what other things are involved? Do you need a new pillow? Do you need the, you know, maybe there's some uh, a spray or something, you know, that you can, uh, that you can use on a nightly basis, which helps, you know, from an olfactory perspective, you know, give you better sleep. Uh, are there res- are there consumables that you need over time? You know things like that. Are there are there opportunities to to deliver upon kind of a more full suite of service in service to a specific problem that you can solve? So I think you know kind of anywhere in between. Uh, we've looked at uh, I've had clients in the gym space, in dental, in chiropractic, uh, again all the way to mattress stores and. Uh, and you know this framework that we're talking about. You know, I, I summarize it as you know, your message is your margin, and there's four key components to it, and it they all revolve around how you are kind of speaking to the to the marketplace. So you know, number one is your positioning. Number two is your product. Number three is the packaging, and number four is your pricing. And so when I say your message is your margin, how you define these four things in your your uh, offering and how you convey that to the marketplace will determine whether you are successful on delivering upon the goal and if you can increase the likelihood of success and hopefully decrease the time that it takes you can have a differentiated product which therefore you can probably charge more for so you know every client that i work with comes in looking for you know how can i accelerate my growth and so our goals are to at least double their in, double their revenue and quadruple their their cash flow in 24 months or less. And so that's, and we do that by kind of going through this four-step process. And I think anyone can apply those principles in just about every, uh, uh, in every industry, even ones that don't have any kind of recurring revenue piece to it. If you don't have a, a subscription or a membership, uh, take a dentist as a great example. That would look like a pure service industry. Well, I actually talked to my dentist. Let's just say there's a thousand patients of the thousand, 200 of them actually would benefit from specialty toothpaste. Well, they're going to buy that toothpaste somewhere. They might as well buy it from you. So my dentist is now implementing, uh, and I've recommended them implement, uh, a recurring monthly subscription for toothpaste. Take 200 people, and I asked what the average price was, $17 is the average retail price of toothpaste, times 12. It's actually really, really meaningful money, uh, and it, it kind of lays out the opportunity in front of you, even if it might not be uh, the, the typical use case. You know, I love that you brought up that, uh, that example of recurring revenue. One of the things that I, um, uh, that I figured out early on when I was building up my digital marketing business was the, was the beauty in not having to ask for money every month from somebody, yeah. right? So what I did was I started out with website hosting. And mm-hmm. with the website hosting, you know, that is very much a commodity business, right? It's, you know, your landlord, four walls and plumbing, you know, for your website. 
But what happened was I didn't want to be another GoDaddy or Bluehost to, you know, selling the stuff for $5, uh, $5 a month. I wouldn't be able to take care of the infrastructure that I was doing. So I started, uh, so I started charging 50, 75, a hundred dollars even you know, to host one website, but I would bundle in like, okay, now we're going to do all your backups. Now we're going to do all your, you know, like uh, all your support. Like you're really just paying one price, you know, and it's all, and it's all built in. So what was interesting there was that recurring revenue actually created a foundation for everything that I was, uh, for everything that I was building. When you have a bad month, it's, it was the recur it was the recurring revenue that really kept the lights on as opposed to you know full full on financial disaster and i think that's you know sort of what like what we're talking about over here is that you you know you would think to yourself that a dentist you know would just be content with doing cleanings and operations and things like that and if you get them to just sort of step back a little bit like listen you can have your front desk staff promoting you know like these recurring subscriptions on toothpaste which is probably mundane for them right mm-hmm. and and you're right it, it turns into meaningful money in the end so i really like that example thank you so much for sharing that no you're welcome can you please tell everyone where they can find you online and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can find me at timcalise.com. That's T-I-M-C-A-L-I-S-E.com. Uh, and all these concepts that I, that I covered, uh, I know it can be, you know, we have to kind of establish where we are today until, you know, with, and then we can make an improvement. Uh, and so for the, the audience today, I actually put together a single uh, framework, a worksheet. Uh, I call it the Build a Better Business Auditor. Uh, and so you can go to timcalise.com slash audit uh, and no cost just for the audience uh, to be able to download that. There's a short video to walk you through it. And that's a good place to kind of lay everything out in one, one, uh, in one uh, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And then you can start to tweak it uh, and then get that alignment with your team to go and execute. So, uh, you know, it's a, a great way to kind of bring everything out of your head and onto paper. I love it. Tim, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a lot of fun today. I love nerding out on this stuff and I really appreciate you taking the time. Likewise, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.